0: hey folks dave here now look uh, you don't need me to tell you about the thousands of gulf coast denizens in need due to the devastation by hurricane harvey but i would like to remind you that while you may not live in those affected areas you can help there are a number of relief funds out there on the internet they're just kind of everywhere Uh, As for us, we'll have a link to the Red Cross donation page in this week's show notes for anyone who wants to donate with ease, or you can just pop over to RedCross.org. Thank you for supporting your fellow men, and please enjoy this episode of DC On Screen. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 424. This is your weekly news. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Uh, kind of a lot of stuff happened, but not a lot of actual consequence this week.
1: (laughs) Nah, there's a lot of stuff floating out there, but we'll see.
0: (laughs) Alright, let's, I guess just, let's dive in. Um, by the way, for anyone who didn't, before we dive in, uh, we recorded a pretty great episode, I think, yesterday, with Eli Opelders of Stealing the Remote. Had a lot of fun, and we're gonna probably post that, um, midweek.
1: Sounds about right. Um. Anyone who listens to both of them may notice that like a, a, a recognizable, um, just, just latent pain in the back of Dave's voice, because his back has decided to betray him again. Um, mm-hmm. If you're wondering, like, why does Dave sound weird, it's because uh, his spine doesn't want to be there anymore.
0: <laughs> People at work were like, what did you do? I said, I bent down to get clothes out of the dryer.
1: And that was... <laughs> Man, you take too many chances in life, man. Uh, you got to you got to slow down. Uh,
0: I know, man. I know.
1: It's a reckless lifestyle. <laughs> Nevertheless, he perseveres.
0: Right. Nevertheless, I yeah. persist. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh <laughs> jumping into Wonder Woman. Still kicking ass at the box office. Uh, past Captain America: Civil Wars. uh there Projected to pass Iron Man 3 today, uh, domestically. We're recording on a Monday. Um, $409 million domestically. In the top 20 highest grossing films of all time. Only the two Avengers movies and the two Batman films, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, have been better. Have performed, performed better, I should say. I guess. Uh, read what they wrote. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> this is all from comicbook.com. Now, uh... It's earned over eight hundred million at the worldwide box office, which has been true for a couple of weeks. Uh, Twitter data is actually also saying that it's like the, it was the number one talked about film of the summer. So, didn't they do that for I want to say Deadpool last year? Yeah, I think so. But you know what? Um, there's also uh, I guess like WB is actually trying to get uh, Wonder Woman into
1: the Oscars as well. It's got a better shot than for
0: Best Picture, I hear. I
1: mean. Best picture is kind of a haughty expectation, but Yeah. To be in consideration is pretty big for a you know, any kind of superhero product.
0: I've seen worse i I've seen I've seen worse films win, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so which is part of the reason I don't really think the Oscars are really anything at all, but anyway. So uh film Wonder Woman was released on uh, digital and they had this cool little epilogue, Edda's Mission. We talked about it last week kind of. Um, you haven't had a chance to no, see this, have no, you? Have not. Um, I pre-ordered the Blu-ray, so I was just like, ah, I'm not getting this on digital. I want the physical copy. Um, but I did find someone uh, you know, kindly recorded it on their camera phone and put it up on YouTube with no sound, and then I found a transcript. So, voilà. <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> It really just equates to, like, it feels very much like just a little after-credits scene. Like, it just, it really does. And I'll, I'll be honest, I'd rather they just put this in the movie at the, you know, after the credits. Mm. Um, but it's just, Etta finds the guys in the bar, uh, Chief Napi and uh, Charlie and Samir. Four, and, three or four uh,
1: people whose names I do not remember to save my life, but I loved them all at the time.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, she says, you know, this is, this is our first mission. It's top secret. Uh, the, uh, they, they, they found something we have to like take it to the the Americans. It's very old, you know, it's very powerful, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, she opens a little notebook and, um, it's a mother box. So, I mean, there's more to it. Uh, they like argue about what they're going to call their, their, uh, little group, there, wonder men and Charlie's agents.
1: <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it's charming.
0: It is. It looks to be as much as I could tell without uh, having any sound. Right.
1: We'll let you verify that in a few um, weeks when your hard copy is arrived.
0: Yeah, but they did verify. They did uh, verify that Patty Jenkins directed the uh, the short. Um, Lucy Davis said that uh, they shot it about six months after they finished the movie, while reshoots were being done. So they could have totally put this in after the credits, and I think it would have been pretty great if they did. But
1: whatever. Not a huge deal.
0: No. Nah. So, um, someone named Joel Matheson was at the Warner Brothers Los Angeles Studio Tour. And uh, he picked up an official LA Studios Tour guide. And uh, the guide talks about uh, current projects. And um, they had some Justice League ads inside. And what do you suppose they had in there, man? I don't know. It's a picture of the old black and silver. they had a picture of Henry Cavill in his normal Superman suit and then like next to it they had like the black and silver resurrection suit
1: Uh
0: you know everyone's been you know over on the on the toy threads on reddit they've been you know saying like oh they're just Mattel just puts out variants nah man I've seen that black and silver I saw like one of those like I don't know I think it's either Big Figs or or Jack's Pacific but it's like those really big action figures that they put out. And I was in Toys R Us a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they had Justice League. These big like 20, 30 inch Justice League figures. And one of them was a Superman
1: with a black and silver suit. Yeah. Uh, they, there have been a lot of hints and um, so, in the the toy factions that we might really see that suit.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, apparently now it's on display over at yeah. Warner Brothers. Or <laughs> about to be. Yeah. Anyway, so um, they threw out a new, uh, they released a new picture from the Justice League. It's just Wonder Woman, Batman, and the Flash. It's a different angle of them looking off mm.
1: camera. <laughs> That's something that must be defeated. It
0: will, it will probably be the show art. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I bring it up. <laughs> uh, the, the studio announced that um, in the in its fall movie preview. It listed Joss Whedon as one of the film's writers alongside Chris Terrio, a uh, singular director, though, that being Zack Snyder. But uh, the the story is by Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder, but the screenplay is by Terrio and Joss Whedon. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have weighed in online as to what this means. Uh, it looks like it means probably Whedon... It means one of two things, pretty much, when you boil it down. It means either that uh, Whedon did about 30% of the script, or, and this is probably more likely, I would think, since it has not gone into arbitration. It will. Uh, I mean, it,
1: it, I'm, I'm, I'm betting it will.
0: Not necessarily. Not necessarily. They could have like Squadcast talked about this. Um, Mark Hughes has talked about this. Uh, but there's a good chance that they just kind of threw Chris Terrio some more money and to, to get Joss Whedon on that script, and they and because no one, if, if none of the writers. You know, wants to go to
1: arbitration over it, they can say whoever the hell they want wrote Yeah, if script. they want to, but there are a lot of guilt guidelines for it. Um, I mean, it, as it's written right now, a story about Chris Theriault and Zack Snyder means that the people who broke the story together in a room submitting the same mm-hmm. script uh, with uh, a partnership in mind were Theriault and Snyder. And then when you go to screenplay by mm-hmm. Chris Terrio and Joss Whedon, and it's it's and instead of ampersand, that means screenplay mm-hmm. by Chris Terrio, and then Joss Whedon came on and, and wrote uh, a significant enough amount of it that he's getting billing as being part of the and crew. Uh, yeah. Like It's 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 tiered. Like, whoever you see up top, screenplay by blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's after arbitration when they've said, right, yeah, right. he did this part, he did this part. So it, yeah, I mean, it it may mean in this case that Whedon's done enough that he's um he's gonna be able to get into the writer's uh, mm-hmm. area, you know, by by the normal u- use of arbitration or WGA rules. But also director Sn- Zack Snyder, it means that um I mean the the directors guild rules stand like he completed 100 percent principal photography, so he's director. Period. There's no co-director for that kind of crap. that's, yeah. that's what you got. Yeah. A neat article uh Dr. Steve sent me.
0: Mm hmm. Um, now Mark Mark Hughes was on superhero news and uh he was saying like this is the dude from Forbes, he knows a whole bunch about all this stuff. Um he was saying uh I think there's some confusion about what precisely Whedon has to do. Uh what I heard, and by the way, Hughes is pretty pretty reliable on his sources usually uh what i heard is he's done roughly two dozen or almost two dozen pages of new material and rewrites um, on top of that there were a lot of scenes that were cut out you know dark side has been excised from more of the film for one thing There's scenes that have been cut and characters have been cut from the film don't take that as me saying dark side has been completely cut from the film but i'm just saying things have been changed Yes, it's fair to say he probably wrote a third of the script total. When you add the new pages he wrote, the rewrites that he wrote, the deletion of pages and scenes out of the movie, it probably amounts to enough to j- qualify for that one-third. Um, it's possible, but, you know, like I said, though, it is possible they just threw Terry more money to give Weedon a writing credit and keep it out of arbitration. Yeah.
1: Uh, but, yeah. It is, and uh, <laughs> yeah, arbitration is just kind of a... It's a very regular thing, but you avoid it if you can, like any other extra step. Mm-hmm. But yeah, especially if he's throwing in, like, how oh, it might be 12, 24 pages. We're talking about 12, 24 pages of what is likely 100, 100, a 110-page script. Uh, yeah. 120 yeah. at the outside. Like, they, they really don't like taking on scripts that are more than that amount of pages right now.
0: Yeah, but a slider, so it's probably three hours long. I mean, we're not. it's not a Dan Reckroyd-level <laughs>
1: script. It's going to be... Those were two scripts. At two at scripts. <laughs> yeah, if he's got if he's got twenty pages Brothers out script of was you know, two scripts. Well, yeah, he probably deserves a writing credit. And the end means he came yep. in after Terrio to do it. So, mm hmm.
0: All right, so uh, Willem Dafoe was talking about James Wan on Aquaman, and uh, I don't know. I, f- I found it somewhat, uh, even though I'm not crazy about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. I found it somewhat uh, interesting and, and uh, hopeful. Um, Willem Defoe was talking to Collider, and uh, specifically about James Wan. He says... Juan's enthusiasm reminds me very much of Sam Raimi's enthusiasm. When I made Spider-Man with Sam Raimi, one of the most impressive things was that it didn't feel like an industry film. It felt like a personal film. It felt like Sam Raimi was getting to fulfill a fantasy of his. He was so connected to that Spider-Man mythology that he really infused it with great love and great playfulness, and I loved that. James Wan is very similar. Uh, he really knows what he exactly what he wants, which is particularly a great asset when you're making a movie that's so technologically complicated. He can be very clear, and it's fun to play the game of having him give you an, an ask and trying to satify, satisfy that ask. He gives you some things to play with and a good story. Hey, you know, that's coming from Willem Dafoe. Ludi Lin, uh, or Ludi Lin, I don't know how you say it, uh, he's playing Merc uh, in a recent interview. Uh, he... <laughs> said that James Wan described his vision uh, of Aquaman as Star Wars underwater, so that is pretty cool. I I think that might be interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, um, we're not really getting into it. People but, losing uh, hand—that's mm-hmm. going to be thematic. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, I don't really want to get into it, but uh, sources from no place that you've ever heard of are claiming that Ben Affleck isn't Batman again. Yay! Whatever. It's Tuesday. <laughs> This <laughs> well, monday but yeah <laughs> it happens uh shazam pre-production has started officially um and <laughs> dude sandberg is pretty pretty fun he's i've started following him on instagram and he put up a, like a photo of like a filing cabinet with like a flat surface in an office and it had one coke can on it and it said day one <laughs> Day two, there were eight cans, <laughs> and he says on this movie, I might get to the ceiling or to the hospital. Well done, sir. On day three, on day three, there were twelve cans. Day four had thirteen cans. Day five had sixteen cans with a Shazam action figure <laughs> and uh, a Tawny the Tiger and framed comics on the wall. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, he said in an interview pretty much going into Shazam right away I mean my life's just become so weird because I got to do Lights Out and immediately afterward I got to do Annabelle and now I'm going straight into Shazam so it's like I'm on a roll so let's just keep going until they kick me out of Hollywood
1: um That is the best attitude
0: He also yeah he also uh said that uh shooting dates were probably going to be announced soon he said it's it's coming up and there's rumors that they're already in the casting process so I don't know uh um, <laughs> part of those rumors though about the casting process comes from a site that I automatically don't want to trust because of the name movie mm. hole <laughs> why would you call your site movie hole <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh but there's there there they've got all these rumors saying that the uh, the flashpoint is gonna uh, mess with Shazam um that the time altering uh antics of the flash in flashpoint is going to affect everything including shazam which shazam is scheduled to come out before flashpoint so i don't really know how that's going to happen but whatever um now varieties uh ricardo lopez put out this article that was we'll, we'll get to a little more of it i guess later but um put out this awful article about all the like the joker origin stuff with scorsese and stuff and also threw in a bunch of other stuff um, and I'm pretty sure this is old news that didn't take, but as the article says, uh, as the studio has labored to distinguish itself from Marvel, it has been actively entertaining pitches from directors around the world. The likes of James Wan and Robert Zemeckis have made the trek to Burbank to sell the studio and their vision for the Spandex mm-hmm. set. All right, well, I'm pretty sure we reported... Well, I mean, James Wan is working on Aquaman, so I don't know what he's pitching, but... Or maybe that's what he's pitching. I don't. I don't know, but... Robert Zemeckis uh was said to have been in talks to have something to do with the flash a long time ago and then said oh no and then it was said like no he's probably not going to be able to do that i mean i would love it if he did flashpoint that would be great i like i like robert zemeckis a great deal um i don't think this is news though i don't
1: think this is like mm. current no it's it's um, not current or future like it it's just one of those many points where I just um, we're just gonna have to wait a few months and see what actually happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Now this is also one of the things that calls into question the validity of this uh, report by Mr. Lopez. Uh, he said he continues. Or take the case of Joss Whedon, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer creator, is now developing a Batgirl movie for DC. It's one that the studio hadn't planned on doing until Whedon confessed his to to them his love of Barbara Gordon and her masked alter ego. Okay, I've Watched, I watched a video a few weeks ago of Joss Whedon, and we reported on it, of Joss Whedon saying, I was in a meeting working on another project with Warner Brothers, and I looked at the board, and they had Batgirl written up there, and I go, oh, are you guys serious? I love Batgirl. And they were like, yeah, we're serious. So clearly they had some mm-hmm. idea that they were going to be doing Batgirl. Um, yeah, but they're just trying to make a point that like all these people are going to DC and trying to do stuff on this new banner, and it's... You know, people are freaking out about it on Facebook, and I'm kind of annoyed by it. Yeah. Right. Uh, so, again, new rumors. Deadline now, but it hasn't been a, it hasn't been made official that uh, Warner Brothers and DC are uh, talking to Gerard Joan, Johnstone to uh, polish up the script for Justice League Dark, which contradicts earlier reports that they were just unpleased with it and didn't want it, they, they wanted to start over.
1: But whatever. Uh, whatever, guys. There had been some reports <laughs> that they just kind of wanted to burn the thing down and start again. The page one mm-hmm. rewrite. The dreaded page one. Right.
0: Um, over to Joker Origins, because why not? Uh, Joe Rogan, and this is this seems pretty legit at this point, on the Joe Rogan Experience, is that what it's called? The, yeah. The podcast? He did an interview with uh, Brendan Schaub, is a former MMA fighter who was friends with uh, Todd uh, Phillips' agent, and Todd Phillips is the is the person who did the Hangover. They're talking about him being the director for this Joker Origins movie, and um, they asked him about it, and he says, uh, "My boy Todd Feldman, that's the agent, put this together with Todd Phillips. It's dark. It's like a dark Joker. As a kid, he had a permanent smile, and everybody made fun of him. It's like on the streets of Brooklyn. It's super dark and real. So." I guess that's a really a thing maybe. that's happening Still to some degree. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, you know, something being in development doesn't mean it's uh-huh. going to happen. Um, and by, based on this, I don't, I don't want to see a Joker origin. I really don't. I love the idea of the
1: Elseworlds, but I, don't,
0: I don't really want to see Joker yeah, origins. It, it is. I don't want to see uh, his origin.
1: You've said it before it's the one origin you never actually care to to see. The, the idea of it yeah. being multiple choice is kind of more grand than. Uh, Actually knowing you what know. his story is or his know. name, even
0: people have you know people have said that about Wolverine because they would throw you know flashbacks in and they would contradict each other and some of those were false memories and it was always like but I feel like they they teased that enough that like I'm glad I actually know Wolverine's origin at this point <laughs> like I'm like oh that's good that's a good thing that yeah. I know that because it doesn't affect it he's still just a little badass I don't care Joker though I kind of don't want to know where he actually no. came
1: from. as an agent of chaos it's almost more fun. To not to not know yeah. but
0: now, um we'll see, I swear, man, people like the uh, variety and the hollywood reporter i I used to think they were pretty uh reputable, but the more they like you really know what they're doing, you really know the you see the character of an organization when there isn't much news because <laughs> Hollywood reporter Ken Masters and Boris Kitt are, are saying that their sources say that Warner Brothers is. As they say, uh, Warner Brothers will make an ambitious attempt to use Martin Scorsese to bring Leonardo DiCaprio into the world of comic book movies. Certainly, Scorsese's involvement in the Joker film, which the Hangover filmmaker Todd Phillips would direct, could elevate and diversify the film's contributions to the genre, um, creating the potential to make awards-worthy, awards-worthy films such as Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Trilogy. And you know, the the headline is you know, very oh Warner Brothers courting Leonardo DiCaprio and people are freaking out because they think he's gonna play the Joker. Right. Uh now in the article though they all they admit there is no offer for DiCaprio.
1: No, nor is Scorsese signed. This
0: the is... Scorsese's deal to produce is not done. No.
1: Yeah. It's just
0: <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, this is um I mean it's 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 a neat mental experiment, but it's nothing yet
0: yeah uh now uh they're also claiming and they're reporting that Jared Leto, and I would believe this Jared Leto is said to have made his displeasure with the notion of multiple jokers known to his c a a agents and rival agency w m e has been using the concern to court him, <laughs> and reps for Warner Brothers DiCaprio leto and Scorsese declined to comment um why not this is all this is all bullshit right i now, I would
1: completely agree with him though. My instinct is if you're playing a character and someone wants to say, I'm yeah. going to do another version of this character while you're doing it, my instinct would be like, hell no.
0: Right. Back that the seems fuck weird. up. Um, so it looks like it's at least in development. It's, but uh, uh, from, yeah. from that Joe Rogan experience. Yeah, but it's also... Interview.
1: The Joe Rogan experience is also very much him getting very high with a couple of people and talking about YouTube videos for three hours. Which can... Range between some of the most entertaining stuff you've ever heard and uh, walking away wondering if you should have a shower. Yeah. I honestly don't know.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I've never actually listened to a full episode, I don't think. Maybe I have. It seems
1: to average about three and a half hours an episode, so. Oh.
0: Yeah, no, I've never listened to a full episode then.
1: I've barely ever done anything in my life that was worth three and a half hours. It is... Very difficult for me to focus on anything for that many hours. So, hmm
0: yeah. Anyway. Uh, so Justin Kroll is reporting that the Suicide Squad 2 is apparently the Suicide Squad 2. I'm like hm. 60. Um, <laughs> Suicide Squad 2 is uh, delayed uh, because of Will Smith's uh, schedule with uh, Aladdin. He's playing the, the genie. And uh, Gemini or Gemini Man. I've seen a couple of different... Uh, Iterations of that. Um, actually, Gemini Man seems pretty cool. It's reported that that's going to be like an Ang Lee movie, and he's going to be playing an assassin battling his younger mm. clone. I'm down for that. Um, I don't really care about him playing the genie in Aladdin. I'm I've like, had my yeah. Aladdin.
1: It was it was great back when I was a kid, and I, I got nothing Williams. to add to it.
0: <laughs> Especially not directed by Guy Ritchie.
1: I don't even I, I don't even want to compare it. I just it, like for me, it's a this is a done deal. We shouldn't be doing it. I'm good with the Aladdin I had. Mm-hmm.
0: So it looks like uh, Suicide Squad two is going to be pushed back till uh, fall 2018. Which uh, isn't terrible. Um, remember that uh, that little documentary thing, or the, not a documentary, it's a yeah. biopic of um, Professor Marston and mm-hmm. the Wonder Women. It has been announced that it's going to be in limited release October 13th, before going into the uh, the full October 27th. Re- Ooh, excuse me. Release date of
1: October twenty seventh. So um It still looks yeah. pretty neat. Let's see. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, um this isn't really much this is really news but it's awesome. Uh I don't know how you say Jay Baruchel, uh guy from Undeclared, he's in a bunch of uh Judd mm-hmm. Apatow stuff. He was on Happy, Sad, Confused with Josh Horowitz, and he was talking about Justice League Mortal, uh, the George Miller movie that almost happened. Apparently it got really close to happening. But um, he talked about Wonder Woman. The first time you see her, he says, The first time you see Wonder Woman, the opening scene on on Themyscira, is just her on top of a steed, and she's about half a kilometer away from a minotaur. The minotaur's got a battle axe, and she just rushes him. All the Amazons are there cheering her on as she beheads him. She gets off her steed and holds up the Minotaur thing and doesn't say a thing. It's like, that's the Wonder Woman I want to see. It would have been special. (laughs) Uh, He also said um, it was very nearly ready to go. He says they had all the costume design, they had all the previs, they had all the sort of production design figured out, and they would take us and walk us through this command center where they had everything. The aesthetic choices that they were making in a story and the character choices they were making are so ballsy and we won't ever see it. Um, He also talks about a scene with his character, Maxwell Lord. He says there's a scene where Maxwell Lord brainwashes Clark, and all of a sudden this guy's got Superman as a weapon. But in order for me to do this, to get into a Kryptonian brain, I start bleeding out of every effing orifice because it takes that much to get into the head of a Kryptonian. And then I turn him red-eye, Superman, and then there's a big-ass fight between him and Wonder Woman where he breaks her wrists. Wow. (laughs) He says, I die halfway through the movie and my consciousness is uploaded into this mainframe, an evil computer. <laughs> I would pay real yes. money to see this.
1: <laughs> yeah. that That's that's a property I'd like. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, looks, that sounds it really awesome. really
1: does. Probably be decried as too dark. I don't know. I mean, halfway through, he has to get his neck snapped. I mean, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, so that does it for our
0: movie side of the news. Um, if you're not following us over into the DC TV side of things, uh, you can find us on DC on screen, us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, DC on screen at gmail.com. Um, or you can call us, 205-259-6331, leave us a voicemail. No one left us a voicemail this week except for the Winter Woman, and we'll uh-huh. be playing that at the end of the show. So, we're jumping over to the TV news. Uh, did, you, did you watch this Gotham promo, man? I watched
1: one, but I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Go ahead.
0: Well, this one had, like, the Scarecrow in it, but it also had, like, Bruce in suit. Like, it had him with a mask oh. and all, and, uh, like a hood, and, uh actually i put put links in the show notes um if you want to click on those uh, that the first one should have uh, pictures of it at least Uh, because people are bitching about it and talking about how bad it looks i just think it looks like christian Bale's mask from from the dark knight trilogy which you know to be fair i think kind of looks (laughs) bad
2: but
0: no reason for you guys to be yelling about you know young bruce wearing this thing
1: (laughs) I'm, i'm gonna look it up in the background
0: okay now uh also, Gotham cast uh, Professor Pig. They cast uh, Michael Ceraus or Serverus. How do you say that? Uh, from Fringe and The Good Wife as as Professor Pig, and that's actually the most uh, excited I've been about Professor Pig like ever because I like that dude as like the main like observer from Fringe.
1: Yeah. Also, I, I I did just watch the the costume. It's not that egregious. He's not supposed to be Batman yet. No. He's just, no. You know, playing with some costumes. But that mask totally looks like Christian the, the Bale's mask. The second one does. Without the first the one kind of looks. Um, <laughs> oh the first one looks more Bruce Timmy, more straightforward. Kind of a mm-hmm. pointed nose, cheeks back a little bit. Yeah. Obviously, they were going to play with the the styles of of you know young Bruce here. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, by the way, Gotham is going to return uh, September 21st at 9, 8 Central. Uh, it's the
1: I think it's our first
0: first airing in this new Thursday night yeah. spot.
1: Uh it's the the first of these that will return to us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like the uh like the bit on a living color. I just like push it right back like oh no no, not you little fish. You <laughs> go back in the ocean. <laughs> um <laughs> So John Wesley Shipp was at the uh, was at DragonCon, and he told fans that if they want to see the old nineteen nineties Flash costume again, if you want to see it, tweet it. Mm-hmm. So start start tweeting people, everybody, because of course we want to see John Wesley Shipp playing the old Flash again.
1: They'll find a way. It's a
0: multiverse, baby. Let's do this.
1: They'll find a way.
0: Now uh, CW executives were <laughs> revealed apparently that uh, starting soon. CW's Arrowverse shows, along with some others, will be joining Hulu's live TV service. Uh, it's a service that's currently in beta mode, and it's going to offer live streaming and cloud storage for select channels and shows. No word on whether episodes will still be streaming next day on CW's website, but I imagine they will. It's a good bet, but that's like po- that's post live. You know, this is just live TV on Hulu. Yeah, most likely. Um, it just uh, the an avenue to get rid of cable. Yeah,
1: but uh, some of the uh contracts are a little convoluted right now so it's not for sure, but yeah, it's a good bet. hmm
0: So they, they released this so called super trailer for all four CW shows, which by the way, had footage from previous mm-hmm. seasons in it. Let's let's not kid ourselves here. Um but saw some stuff with uh with Alex and Maggie. Some stuff with in a, she's in a car they're in a car. Uh <laughs> it's real exciting stuff. And uh <laughs> I think it's an extension it was of something we've seen earlier. Like, yeah, Cat Grant uh taking questions from the White House press room.
1: Whatever that means.
0: Yeah, whatever that means. Uh, so Supergirl is apparently going to have a lot of uh little tweaks and changes like uh, I read a whole thing where like Car where uh, Melissa Benoist was talking about her character was going to be like who am I? Identity issues, blah. Leaning heavily into the Supergirl side of things, mm-hmm. I guess. but uh, And that Wynn was going to have more responsibilities. But he didn't, you know, Jeremy Johnson said he didn't really know what was going on other than the fact that he was yelling at people a lot now. So... That sounds great, though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but apparently Andrew Kreisberg is saying Lena and Kara's friendship will continue to grow. There's a lot of Lena-Kara adventures early on this season. Uh, Katie McGrath... Has also uh, mentioned that Lena will do something very big in the season three premiere to win back her friend Kara. So who knows? And uh, you know something very big. I I I don't yeah. know what that means. We'll see where that goes. Like, buy her buy her coffee uh, it,
1: or an espresso Cupcakes. machine. She has the money. Just throw her the machine. Right. Maybe a one year supply. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, Tom Welling. He's talking about his new role on uh, on Lucifer. Actually, he's talking less about his new role and more about his old role. He says, I definitely don't want to play Clark Kent again. <laughs> the great thing about Clark is he didn't know who he was, and he didn't know what he was supposed to do with what he had and his abilities. This character very much knows what he's capable of, and knows what he wants to do, and knows how to do it. So as much fun as that is to play, it wasn't necessarily because of Clark Kent. I chose this character. It was so many more factors than just, I don't want to play Clark Kent again. But I'd be lying if I was saying that I do not enjoy playing something very different for sure. He'll be playing Mason Pierce on, on Lucifer this year. I'm excited to see Tom Willing back. I actually am. Now, uh, Lucifer is going to be airing in its new slot of 8, 7 Central on October 2nd. This is uh, a new time for him. It's going to be on Mondays now. Well, it was already on Mondays, but it's going to be up an hour in the old Gotham uh-huh. spot. Over The Flash, uh, Andrew Kreisberg was teasing some of Harrison Wells' uh, story for Season 4. He says he's a genius and his daughter is safe, and she's The Flash on Earth, too, and he's one of those people who's realizing that he doesn't have a life. Season 4 for Harry is really realizing what he's been missing in his life and what it is he needs to become a better, more complete person. And so he's going to be going on a fairly epic emotional journey this season that is tied to the Thinker's plan. Uh that's fine. I'll I'll Dude, honestly, I'd watch uh Tom Cavanaugh yeah. eat
1: cereal. Yeah, the old thing about like read the phone book. Yeah, I'd probably watch him do it. Yeah, he'd probably he have probably some fun would. with it.
0: <laughs> now, <laughs> over on Legends, according to uh Macy Richardson Sellers, uh who plays Vixen, she says, "It feels so fresh, almost like a new show." Here's hoping. <laughs> No, she said. Also says the same way. Season two felt like a new show from season one. Oh, mm-hmm. so not at all. Cool.
1: She says I'm sad to it see exactly how it exactly presented to the itself screen. that way, and yet didn't end up being that way. <laughs>
0: She also said, we, we, go to, we go to some really fun time periods and see some really cool historical figures and characters from folklore and world-renowned uh, from our history, and we've got a team of new supervillains that are really exciting. The playful edginess gets amplified, and it's fun and silly, but there are also some very emotional moments. Told me nothing. Yeah,
1: good luck. Told me nothing, Maisie. <laughs> I mean, really, best of luck. I hope that all happens.
0: Um, Courtney Ford has been cast as Eleanor Dark, Damian Dark's daughter. Uh, she'll be played by Courtney Ford from Dexter, True Blood and Parenthood, who is actually married to Brandon Ralph in real life. Uh, Eleanor will be a charming, manipulative, and engaging presence, much like her father. Ray Palmer will find himself attracted to her, even though she's on the wrong side. That sounds utterly freaking... Predictable? Typical of this show. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and again let's hope they do it better than um, some of the
1: times we've seen them do it
0: before yep by the way they uh, they aired that Vixen movie on yeah. CW uh, combined all of their Vixen footage sprinkled in some producer interviews to create a network premiere movie for CWC's animated Vixen series and it flopped freaking hard <laughs> guys it pulled in less than 700,000 viewers and helped sink CW viewership down to 7th place for the night Uh, don't know if that means anything for the character or the animated series, but uh, I wouldn't expect Vinson to be filling any new Wednesday night gap anytime soon. Uh, That's bad.
1: That's that's really bad, yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah. Mm. That hurt a little bit to even read about.
0: I mean, you know, why would you put it on TV after it's been on the internet, you know, all this time? I don't know. It's just... eh.
1: I mean yeah. I recall like Sunday afternoon uh, uh network premiere of you know, Luther Weapon two or something. Yeah, right. that was that was the it was the first time it's ever been shown on network television. This this did not no. It it, it didn't follow.
0: Yeah. No, no.
1: I understand the history. This didn't work.
0: Yeah. So we're starting to get some uh character hints about Michael Emerson over on Arrow. Uh Wendy Miracle says this character that we're having Uh, michael play is somewhat similar to people he has played in the past but we had many conversations with him about how to make it different and what elements we could bring to the character to change it up uh guggenheim pops in and says we've seen some dailies for some of his episodes and he's just fantastic he's a he's a really understated subtle actor and that brings a different energy on set it's great michael emerson is absolutely a great actor
1: yeah I have yeah, high hopes that at least. Um, I, I do like the idea that he's bringing like this different, subtle kind of energy on. Yeah, nothing mm-hmm. about that is disappointing. I like everything I just heard.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see him on uh, Fallon uh, reading Little Boy <laughs> no. Blue? They like dim the lights, and he like he's holding it a little. <laughs> he's holding no, the. No, I saw like, one of those, and, and I thought creepy. I should
1: like reach out and protect every child in my neighborhood just like every child just just put them in a bunker and keep them away from Michael Emerson. it was very creepy yeah his little bug eyes
0: little boy blue go blow yeah. your
1: horn i do recall that i had a sudden paternal instinct that i i didn't know about
0: <laughs> all right so they've, they've they've been doing some well they've been working over on Teen Titans they've casted some uh, people um <laughs> Uh, apparently they're rumored to be eyeing Alan Richson Richson, whatever, uh, he was Aquaman on Smallville, and Rebecca Rittenhouse from the Mindy Project for Hawk and Dove um, which is kind of cool I, I I like the idea that they're doing yeah. those characters uh, Molly or Dove's character, uh, her call sheet reads, recurring female 25 to 30, open ethnicity graceful master, master fighting machine, she straddles the world of being a thrill-seeking and do-gooding vigilante along with being her crime-fighting partner's emotional anchor and caregiver she loves him but fears what he's become
1: <laughs> sounds right <laughs>
0: all right uh now they also uh they also cast uh Nightwing they, they cast uh, Brenton, Brenton Thwaites as, as Nightwing. Jeff John says, Dick Grayson is one of the most important and iconic heroes in the DC universe, and it was not easy to find him, but we have. Brenton is, has the emotional depth, heart, danger, and physical presence of Batman's former protege and the Titans' future leader, uh, which makes it sound like he's not really Nightwing yet, kind of. It has. Um, it is, we're extremely it, yeah. lucky. Yeah. We're extremely lucky he's chosen to bring his talents to this project and this character. Uh, fan reaction has been largely positive. Some fans uh <laughs> started like apparently Google did like have like, has like charts, but some fans started uh, immediately looking for evidence as to whether Thwaites uh, butt is thick enough to play the iconic character.
1: <laughs> that's the world we live in. Um, that's that's what we deal with.
0: I'll admit, after I saw the headline that said that. People were like, "Is, is Brenton the weights, but is it good enough to be Nightwing?" I I looked it up and I deem it suitable,
1: <laughs> not plenty AF or thick AF, just no, suitable.
0: Not thick apple farm, <laughs> but course. it was a shelf. It had a bit of a
1: shelf. It's shelf like it. quality. Not, not not a lot.
0: Not a lot. Like you could you know you know those little sample cologne bottles sure. that you get in the mail. You the could maybe what, you like can maybe put one of those on or something. Yeah, yeah, a little vial, a little... You could maybe balance one of those on top, but, you know, I wouldn't... Not a Coke can or anything Champagne, like that. Nothing
1: like that, yeah. No. No. I did not know there was this much attention... you have to be angled appropriately. ...to Nightwing's ass until... <laughs> this was groundbreaking for me.
0: I, I didn't realize it either.
2: <laughs>
1: Just a whole new world, man. A whole new world. But, uh... A new, exciting point of view... Back to the Aladdin reference Um, A whole new world Yeah I I didn't know about all this But uh, Good to know the world just has new things to throw at you Yeah absolutely
0: These are exciting times Oh man Um, So uh, Kevin Conroy I guess Felt compelled to explain himself For why he returned For Batman and Harley Quinn He says the fact that it was going to feature Harley Quinn was really unusual and I loved that. She's the fourth most popular animated character now and the audience loves her. She's crazy. So to do a film with Batman and Harley Quinn I thought that would be a blast. That was the primary draw and I knew there would be humor in it. It's always fun to play different aspects of a character and I don't get to explore the humorous side of Batman very often. He's very dark. Uh, he's a very dark-rooted, grounded guy. To be able to play humorous scenes with Melissa Rausch was a lot of fun. So, I mean, I get it. I I get why he would go back for that.
1: In hopes of something. I understand. (laughs) I just maintain that it didn't work, and I'll move on. (laughs) Yep. By the way, uh, yeah,
0: uh, Scott from Squadcast told us, like, it you know and Brent too like they were like oh man it was spot on your review it, it can only be seen as a parody at best <laughs> it can only be enjoyed as a parody and even yeah. that sucks you know it's either a bad but, parody um, or yeah, a terrible
1: continuation
0: mm, yeah uh so this week also saw the release of Black Manta's Injustice two gameplay trailer uh I thought it looked pretty cool for someone who's not playing the game I thought it looked pretty cool.
1: I thought all, I think all of it, it, it looks pretty it does. cool. Though. It looks pretty cool. I mean, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, there's a lot of gameplay happening there. Where a lot of these people look like badasses. What are you gonna do? It looks cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim Lee, you know, put out like people were freaking out because he put out some concept art for Raiden, you know, and uh, um, the fans were not having it. Man, they were. I mean, it's rare for Jim, but <laughs> nobody liked that shit. I saw it. I, I and I was like, yeah, it's bad. But I can't remember a Raiden design that wasn't bad. Like you're talking about, like including
1: it, the I, you know Mortal Kombat one kind of situation.
0: Well, you know, like I liked in the movie with uh, Christopher Lambert. Like I liked his designs, and I liked that sure. actor too. Like I liked him as Raiden, and I liked those designs. But there was just
1: kind of robes. He he does just. look I like mean, once you got the weird hat, that has yeah. some electrical skills. Uh, in in this version, I don't think it's any more egregious. It's just um, hilariously enough, it looks like Jim Lee put out, because um, I know he can do so much more than this artistically. It, it's like he put out kind of like, hey, this is like a play saver version of what we're doing with the character. We're, we're, we're just gonna uh, we're gonna electricize him up a little bit and this is gonna be a lot of fun and blah 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 mm-hmm. and, then, and then the internet just kind of went why are you doing that at all? And fuck you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, he's got, like, these, like, I don't know, they're, they're like, rock boots that have, like, lion's paws on the mm-hmm. end of them
1: <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that are blue, and, like, this, like, weird tattered cape. It is no, just that's weird. It's just weird. It's just a weird design. On that, it's like his arms are, are supposed to be electrified, I guess, but they, they look like... And I keep looking at the... I keep looking at that image and thinking, come on, Jim Lee can... He sketches better than that.
0: Well, I mean, for just... Uh, look, for just... Uh, when you're just talking about, like, a rough, like, I gotta get this done character design, you're you're really focusing more on the design elements in the costume than you are making it look badass. Um, so I'm fine with that. Because pretty much almost every, like, loose character design work you've ever seen is gonna look kind of like that. Just, um, you- it's just that the costume was bad. The design was bad. Yeah, a bit. <laughs> I would almost rather rate just I, uh, like, be the like Made of I'm complete seeing, energy at this uh,
1: point. Uh, of of him on the game look uh, like better colored. It it seems mm-hmm. like it's gonna be a different situation. I, I, I don't know. I'm just uh, surprised a little bit by the backlash of what looks like Jim Lee taking uh, either 14 or 16 seconds out to draw a thing, and then getting yeah. uh, you know health run back at him.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, you know, <laughs> I don't I like I said,
0: I've I've only I've liked exactly one Raiden design and that was from the movie, mm. the first one. Um and it wasn't even an inspired design. It was just, you know, doing the best there. with the materials they had. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, Mortal Kombat has never been known for yeah. their designs. I mean, shit, they made one they made one guy and then they just like changed his color a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, yep, that's half our cast.
1: They All look like the with with There was colors. a lot of thankfulness that a lot of their players are uh, basically shirtless. So this is going to work out really well. <laughs> like, what do we do for Liu Kang? Uh, Orange pants, just shirtless Asian guy.
0: Doing? Like, all right, he's got no, he's, he's shirtless and he's got ha- MC mm-hmm. Hammer pants. All right, all right. Now, uh, Johnny Cage, shirtless white guy with MC Hammer pants. Oh, and he's got sunglasses. Sunglasses because mm-hmm. he's an actor.
1: What about Sonya? Same thing. That being said, but I played like, the hell out of some Mortal Kombat. You know, tank top. <laughs> right. Uh,
0: yeah, but uh, that's all that said. I played. I've. Pl- I have played the hell out of some Mortal Kombat in my time. So I'm sure, I got nothing.
1: Sure. No, I. Whatever. I do completely agree though with the the overall disagreement that this is a DC game and what are we doing? I. I yeah, I gotta agree. There's a lot of players you could have spent that much time on. You didn't have to pull on like, yeah. Mortal Kombat people.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know. I mean, where do you want to draw the line? I mean, you've got a bunch of DC people. Honestly, yeah, I would have been okay I'm with drawing gonna... the line
1: at the first time they ever did that. And saying, like, come on, I love Scorpion too, or Scorpion 2, but it just, but, but why?
0: Well, I, my point is, though, is like, yes, absolutely, I do want those slots to be filled by DC characters. Yes, I do absolutely want to see Spawn and Hellboy. <laughs> like I I kinda do. Like I really absolutely do. Um that said though, I think that I think it would be better if they didn't really do those so much as create the possibility for that in like a create a character section. You know what I mean? Like where you can just create your own Hellboy. Mm, yeah, no. But then I like the I like the the creator wrestler, create a character, create a fighter, whatever the hell you call it. Um, I like those. I like that element. Like, in fighter games, that's just the most fun to me. Like, I don't even play the game. I'll just sit there and make characters yeah. all day. Yeah, no,
1: that's, that, that is a lot of trouble, though. I understand why you don't, like, focus on that.
0: I wish somebody would make a full game of just that. Like, I, no characters are in the game.
1: Just terrible. <laughs>
0: Give me like a hundred move sets for no seed characters whatsoever. <laughs> just uh, design
1: your own thing, and uh, here's the basic set of rules, and here's a sword, and uh, good luck. We'll be giving yeah. you some uh, some, yeah. some upgrade packs, some some DLCs with other swords or guns, that, depending on the voting, uh, frankly.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm telling you right now that could be really cool. Like if they just if they just threw in like you know size constraints. And like basic shape constraints, and gave you like a huge amount of options uh, with weaponry and different types of fighting styles sure. and stuff. Um, and then they could open; it could be like Lego Dimensions, where they like open up uh, license licensing deals with different uh, franchises, with different IPs. And they, in like as you update and buy more packs, you get like the DC pack, and you, you just get a bunch of logos and like. Hoods and and shit, you know, cowl,s sure. capes, whatever. Um, and like they and they can just do it with, that way. You can have like a proper like Marvel versus DC. You can have you get a uh, properly you know, wild a universal can have...
1: pack of the Mummy and Frankenstein and Dracula.
0: Absolutely, I will not rest until Batman fights the Andy Griffith Show <laughs> characters. <laughs> Opie with a slingshot fighting the Batman—that'd be awesome. <laughs> we just got some listener feedback. Uh <laughs> This is fun. A- Andrew Getze uh <laughs> we read a bunch of his stuff last week and uh he was responding to us on Twitter in real time as he was listening. And he said, uh, you know, "OMG, you said my name on a podcast." It's pronounced Getze because I said Getsey, I think. And he said, "But thanks." And then he says, "Oh, me twice. Thanks for putting Wicker Women at the end." And if Berriman can magically appear in Shadows of Arrow Cave, he can still be alive. I'm not saying he can't be alive still in some way. I'm just saying he shouldn't be because death needs to matter
1: <laughs> yeah, I well uh-huh.
0: and yeah, you know they, they they they're they're using time travel on these shows too to be like, "Oh well, yeah Damien Dark's dead, but he's in the past and I'm like, but that's still taking away the impact of the death.
1: Yeah, no. Uh, death has to actually matter. I, I have to look back and not be embarrassed that I cared about a moment a few months ago, or a year ago, or two years yeah. ago. Yeah,
0: it's like it's like, well, yeah, Malcolm is in the future. You know, we've got Malcolm running around in different timelines because he's they grabbed him out of the past, and I'm like, but I'm still seeing him every week, right? Like it's ostensibly doesn't matter. It's just a reset button. It's like see this is like the worst possible thing because you can have him every week but without any of the character development because he can't know about his own future and he can't go and like pick up where his past self left off because his past self is really his future self. So really you just have like you just have you just have like a big reset button where nothing can actually happen with that character. It's just annoying. Or if you break some of the time laws, you
1: have him like in a place where he can readjust things, it was because it was an interim period kind of situation, and then you get into all kinds of weirdness that's it's even harder to make amends for than Mm -hmm. it's just easier when characters die, even in time travel. You can respect it. And you
0: know what? Uh, I enjoy Snart, I enjoy Captain Cold a lot, but, and I'm really excited about him coming back, but really only for Mick, because of Mick's uh, development. Yeah, because of his, like, reaction to it is going to be yeah. good. So, uh, yeah, whatever. Um, so, Andrew Getzi also says, uh, I've watched Doctor Who and Torchwood and, like, everything geeky, and oh shit, now a third of my messages. I was not expecting this. <laughs> and he says, I wasn't asking for individual episodes of everything, just asking for one weekly recap and one weekly news show. Heck, skip the news show. Uh, no. <laughs> I know, we. I, I understand... I think we both understood what he was asking sure. for one episode with all the recaps. is just that with the scheduling, it's going to be impossible to do that because of how they're putting it out now, if that makes sense. It's just really, it's going to be hard to keep up with yeah, it's, it's with just, all of the shows on a weekly basis now. Yeah, it's just
1: now. physically hard to do it the way they're doing it now. They, they backlogged a few things. So it, it got ridiculous. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, he finishes up, says, uh, I'm here for the recaps. Sorry, man, we'll do them at the mid-season or end of the season what so we'll do um anyway had i known you'd respond so much to me i'd ask you to plug my 99 geek site and podcast i'm a fiction writer i haven't had a chance to well there's your plug by the way i uh i haven't had a chance to listen to it or or check it out yet um i've been busy but i actually do plan on checking it out and uh seeing what that's about so uh that's all i've got except for the winter women and they're going to be after the credits or the Witter Woman. It's just
1: one this time. Oh, well, it's narrowed itself down. Alright, well, um <laughs> Shall we let it lie there? Yeah, I think so.
0: We are DC on screen. You can find us uh at DC on screen on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh email us at DC on screen at gmail dot com, or you can call us. Be like the the Witter Woman. Call us and leave us a voicemail, two oh five two five nine six three three one. And uh uh sometime in in midweek we'll have a bonus episode uh where we talk about d c films we'd love to see uh and we do that with eli ophelders of stealing the remote and it is pretty fun i had a i had a lot of t- uh, a lot of time a lot of fun i had a lot of time too it was like a three hour episode like kind of a lot of fun time
1: <laughs> with that time yeah it was a fun time is that what you meant
0: uh serious yeah Seriously, though, uh, you guys have got to check out Stealing the Remote. It is pretty phenomenal. It is my favorite podcast right now. Uh, Eli and her mother, Patricia, uh, review movies. And, and uh, Eli's mother, these are mostly all movies that Eli's mother does not uh, w- would not choose to watch. No. Hence, the Stealing the Remote. It is a generational uh, on anomaly. Episode, though, on the 10th episode, Patricia did steal the remote from Eli this time. So it was—it was good stuff. I enjoyed it. <laughs> we'll be back, uh, I guess, with that crossover episode, and then we'll be back again with more uh, more news. Until next time, guys. Keep some DC on your screen.
2: Well, well, Cletus, done. He may be only three feet tall, but he. Ain't-
0: So sad. <laughs> I felt bad about this after I listened to it.
1: Been there. Also, I did respect the um, <laughs> wrapping it up, and it did seem graceful. There's something to that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's not it's not because of the witter woman necessarily, but whoever's doing the witter woman, you know,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're doing something, you're creating something,
1: because we all do.
0: I've done that enough. I don't want to discourage anyone. You know i've I've laughed about half the time at the winter woman or the winter women
1: um oh absolutely
0: but yeah uh seriously like uh and i say this in all honesty i don't want to discourage anything or anyone from from doing something like this uh i enjoyed winter woman uh from time to time about half the time that is quite a voice and i think it's got a lot of potential and uh I think you should continue it somewhere if you if you want to keep sending it in. We'll put post it at the end of the show because we actually have people who like it. But you know, uh, I don't know. It might be a character you might need to work on. Whoever's doing it because that's uh, that does have potential. I think so. Um, and if the uh, if the statement about us being your favorite podcast is true, thank you. Oh, absolutely. If it's just part of the character, I guess thank the character. Sure. <laughs> bless you Witter woman enjoy your crust of bread all right that's 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 it that's it
2: okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry Ooh, a book club computer solitaire huh
1: Ah, oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino